everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about evil water, magic tree wands, and what might take the cake as the uh, craziest uh, German <laughs> translated title for an episode I've ever seen. Oh, you can't leave us hanging. You can't leave us hanging. What is it? Oh. I'm going to for a moment because I'm no. Beth Elderkin. I'm no. joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Beth, I'm wrapped with anticipation, just on the very edge of my seat. But otherwise, I'm very well and a recently graduated college lady. So, yay! Uh, yay. yay. Golf class for everyone. <laughs> Hooray. Yes, we are talking about season six, episode seven, Heartless. You know, it's a nice title, succinct. Gets the point across. Frankly, I'm surprised there wasn't a previous episode named this because it's so obvious. Um, But in German, I'm just going to read it in English because if I try to read the whole thing in German, it's just going to be a disaster. Is it long? Abby. Oh, my gosh. This is the this is this is the actual title. And I double checked. I Googled it. Okay. this is the title. Oh, my gosh. They love each other so much, but they could not come together. What? It's a whole book. By this sounds like an early Fallout Boy title. Like it's fifteen yeah. minutes long and also kind of a double entendre. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about it that way. Oh, oh that's hysterical. It's- and I'm imagining it like I can. I feel like I can picture it. Like the German word, just like really super long. And it's like, well, what's the English oh, yeah. title? Heartless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this episode was written by uh, Jane Espenson and directed by Ralph Hemmicker. And you can definitely feel the work of both of them in this episode. Um, I felt there were some really strong, strong elements to this. There were some really well-written scenes and some good acting in it. Uh, it was... You know, let's just say balanced by gross. Ew. Ugh. No, no, thank you. Ugh. I'd like my money back, please. <laughs> no, thank you. Pass. I will pass on all of this. But other than that, I was I was pleased. I was happy with this episode. And, you know, we can we know why this episode happened. It's because the actors who played Snow and Charming didn't want to do as much filming so they they had to find a way to make it so that they could take more breaks, uh, at least for a couple episodes for whatever they got going on. I don't know if um, if Jennifer Goodwin was pregnant at the time or something, but um, or she'd been recently pregnant. Maybe it's just a yeah. we need time to take care of the family, which again, all respectable. I love watching TV shows work around mm-hmm. uh, changes. It's always interesting because the story gets driven by outside sources and it's like, well, how long, how well can you land on some things? We did. Okay. I, I liked this episode. It was cheesy as hell though. Like, oh, right? yeah. Okay. Cause <laughs> oh, yeah. I do think, and I won't harp on this too much cause it's, it's no one's fault. It's just one of those. We've moved to the place in the span of how long the episode has been or the show has been going on and the actors have aged and that's fine. I'm starting to lose the immersion on the flashbacks because I genuinely didn't clock the timing of like, I I understood she was, she's on the run. She's all that stuff. But again, she's still just, she's got the air of being a grown up still. 
and that again all fine and so's david david just looked like he put on a, a henley and called it a day like like it's me 17 year old me with our, our herding sheep it just we've we've moved the part where like you have to take a step back and just be like it is what it is and that's fine for now yeah, and I I agree, especially because we get a montage in this episode that shows all their interactions, and they just look so much younger. Yes, in in those, and and then you're just like, oh well, these scenes are supposed to happen literally before all that. This is their first encounter, and yet they look like fully grown adults. It, it uh, reminded me of, and so like I was a big How I Met Your Mother fan. They always did these flashbacks, and I think they understood this and they leaned into it, but they would always be like, this is Neil Patrick Harris trying to pretend to be a 17-year-old. He And again, I say this with love. It is not his fault. He doesn't have the space of his 17-year-old self anymore, but it was always just like, this is a 45-year-old man in in a wig and a tie-dyed shirt. Like, it, you just have to, it is what it is. Just funny. At least, at least we were spared the David wig. In yes. this episode. Yes, we were. He was just like, I'm, no, I'm just gonna, this is what it is. My haircut has been the same for a millennia. <laughs> it's just this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it'll grow out by the time I have to uh, defend my farm from Little Bo Peep, the mob boss. We'll get there eventually. <sighs> what a great episode. What a great episode. Oh, the best. <laughs> All right, well, everybody, we are going to start in uh, in Snow's room. She's sleeping comfortably. We see a, a, an ominous queen-shaped shadow lurking in the background. And Snow wakes up to find herself in the middle of the woods at night. And the evil queen is there. She's given some nice repartee. She's She is delighting in her, her villainy and her desire to, you know, finally get the thing that she wants from snow she wants to break snow and that's all she's ever wanted and i liked the scene i thought it was well done i liked the interactions between them and one thing i'll give jennifer goodwin props for is you know even though like again she's a grown woman it's hard for her to regress to that child like state i felt like in her face it kind of felt like she was regressing a little bit like she was it was like she was looking at her stepmother who was chastising her yeah, this, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. I was going to start saying something, but no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and the the whole pony story, oh, like God. the pony bowed. I'm like, wow, hmm. what a jerk. <laughs> that pony sucks. <laughs> this was such a stupid story. The whole time, I, <laughs> like I almost like dis, like my retina is almost detached from rolling my eyes where it's just like. I get what we're trying to do, but it's so corny. She genuinely has reason to be mad, and this is what she, she, the, they trained this pony, and then it did like it was trained to do, and you were happy that it happened because you were a child and it was a pony. I'm a monster. Well, oh. I I just I feel like the you know the evil queen because she's separated from any logic like she is all id she is all like base instinct i think that you know have you ever had i mean we've all had those people where you have that person where you get to a point that everything they do makes you mad oh yeah oh yes they can just say hello and there's something wrong with it they're breathing so, wrong, probably. They're yeah. just near you oh, breathing, yeah. and you're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. They stand wrong. 
they they don't stand wrong. Every like, choice they make is either bad or against you somehow. Like it's- exactly. So I feel like the evil queen in this this like pure unfiltered form. That is what Snow is to her. Snow, every single thing she does or has ever done just irks her to her core. And like she just can't physically and emotionally cannot get past that. Yeah. And it's so, so yeah, we get this, we get this hysterical little story. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's cool because we're in what looks like the entire Once Upon a Time title card, which looks amazing. Yes. I love this set. Mostly because the rest of the scary, I'm going to use big air quotes here, the rest of the scary stuff that happens, happens at like noon on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the only like real ominous moment that we get. Everything else is, yeah, like, uh, it's like what is it? The saloon, high noon, whatever you want to call exactly. it. Exactly. Um, but the evil queen says, you know, she's not going to take the heart right away uh, because Snow's like, I put a charm on my heart and so does charming. And the queen's like, well, yeah, I know. I know Regina. I know she's going to do that. Like, don't don't think I'm stupid. But here, here's a little um, here's a little jug of water. Don't drink it. Because then you'll find out the hard way. <laughs> um, uh, so drink. So take the don't drink. Take this and figure out what it does. And in 12 hours, you and Charming are going to give me your, your heart halves and I'm going to, I'm going to do, probably crush them or something else. And if you don't, uh, I'm going to use apparently an extra stash I have of this water to do bad things. And then she pieces out and then just leaves Snow alone in the woods in a nightgown. Like, at least whoosh your back. Nope. No. 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 We can't do that. Um, so Snow's just standing there just like, I got a vial of water. I'm really glad she got it in her head not to actually do anything. Like, she's smart enough to be like, I don't know what this is, so I'm not going to, like, touch it or do anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like an earlier version of Snow would have been like, okay, I pop it open. Take, give it the old sniff test. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wonder if, like, if, 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 do you have to, like, inhale, drink the water? Or can, like, if any of the molecules, like, evaporate near you, would they just kill the oxygen or, like, what? Listen, I'm just going to ask the question now. We have a small vial of water and apparently one single drop will CGI kill a tree. That's great. What's the plan? Is she going to like mix it in with a bunch of stuff and force everyone to drink it? Like, is she going to make it rain on everybody? Is she just going to splash them? Does she have like a Nerf squirt gun that she's just going (laughs) to... Everybody. I don't understand the, the end game of this at all. But Abby, that's the beauty of it, is that since they didn't do it, we get to do it. And I, for one, am envisioning a uh, Nerf gun. Yeah, it's got to be, be the Nerf yeah, gun. Yeah. Her and Rumpel come out and say, say hello to our little friends and just... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Nerf gun. Super Soaker is what I'm going Super Soaker. We've got it full in that like lime green container on top. And you're using the orange pump action to really make sure that you can spray it to 20 full feet. Spray, 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 spray. Full Bonnie and Clyde. They're just making out between. Oh, God. Water. ruined it. I was having a good time and now it's over. Well, I mean, anytime gold's involved, it's going to get ruined. I that's know. not my fault. That's just life. Oh, God. So, yeah. So, that's... We did that. Boom. Title card. Yay. Yeah. And they all, they all come together uh, to look at the water and think about the water and talk about the water. 
and Emma's getting her savior shakes again. And um, the only reason that it's happening is so that Hook can talk her out of it later, which is a nice scene and we'll get to it. But like her her savior shakes are just like a plot plot device at this point. They just use it when it's narratively convenient. (laughs) Emma, can you hold this tiny jar of water? No, I can't. I couldn't possibly. Um, (laughs) And they figure out that it is water from the River of Lost Souls, which apparently Rumple had just kept and gathered somehow. Well, I know he did. Like, he gave it to... He had some... No, Pan had some, and Mm -hmm. he gave it to Auntie M. Yes. And then didn't we do... And we did that with Pan, then we shoved it in his chest cavity. Yes. It was in... It was like a bag. Like, it was a fake heart with, like, a bag of water in it. apparently he has more. Like, enough to take out the town. Um, Okay. Sure. Sure. I'm just imagining it's, like, a mason jar that he just has, like in his little vault it's like what's this it's just water it's fine don't worry about it like do not open oh are you there abby i can't hear you hello 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 sorry for some reason my my phone automatically connected to my earphone my headphone oh, no. my, uh, my airpods so I'm just going to, we're going to keep talking. I will cut all this out, but I'm just going to turn off my Bluetooth just oh, okay, to avoid okay. any issues because they're, they're over in the living room and I need to not have that. So, okay. That's off now. You can still hear me, right? I can still hear you. Okay, perfect. Or maybe I'll just leave all this in. Proof of the work. <laughs> Things get sisters. Guys, we're, we're audio themselves. only, so I couldn't tell anything was happening. Um, it was all very confusing. <laughs> She can't see Beth. She can't see me. It's awful. I hate it. Oh yeah, we we don't have uh we don't have visual today. We only have audio today, so it's just it's full on chaos. Back to the stone age with us. We have to go by our verbal cues and not our visual cues. It's a we're it's we're it's just it's a nightmare. Well, yeah, so they figure out that it is water from the River of Lost Souls and that that means the evil queen must be working with Rumple. But luckily Regina has a plan. No, scratch that. She's got two plans. First, she's got a plan. Oh, no, no, sorry. She's got one plan, and the Blue Fairy has one plan. There's, Those are the two plans. Those are the a two plans. A lot of people have plans. People just come in and out with plans. Yeah, or there's just a lot a lack of, plans. of plans. There's never, like, a whole plan. It's always, like, part no. of different plans that might work, but luckily they don't need to do any of the plans. It all just kind of works out anyway. Yeah, it, kind of, it works out in the way that it doesn't work out because we need it to be sad because it's a Jane Espenson episode. So that's <laughs> just going to happen. So the Blue Fairy is like, hey, there might be like this sapling of true love that we can use as a magic spell to uh, trap the evil queen in my uh, in my vault. That would solve things. I don't know why we didn't think of this before. Yeah, I guess we were just cool with her chilling, but whatever. I, I uh, love it when yeah. they come up with these things where they're like, hey, this thing that would have definitely been super helpful numerous times. I literally just thought of, um, but it's been here the whole time constantly. Uh, it's been actually just like living underground for a while. So like, it's fine. It's very, this, this was... This was a MacGuffin, like just 
Because it, it's there to get our characters where we need them, to get them the emotional thing that we need them to get. And then it literally doesn't matter. No, it. we spend so much time talking about this little tree. Um, and then it's like, oh, no, it's gone. But the, all we needed, all we needed was to get them to realize that they had talked earlier than they thought they did the first time. I have to think there was an easier way. I have yeah. to think. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so they're like they're like, "Yeah, okay, let's go find this tiny sapling that grows underground because if if a tree was going to grow being sparked by the source of one true love, it would definitely be in a dank dark hole where no one can see it." We're we're gonna get back to that. We're gonna hold on that because I've got science questions. Oh, <laughs> they're so stupid, funny. but I've got them. Let's go. All right, but obviously, if if so, the blue fairy is like I can I can enact a spell that will lead us right to the um right to the sapling. However, once I do that, all hell's gonna break loose. Like the queen, Zelina, Rumble, they're gonna. If they see it, they'll know exactly what's going on and they will they might beat us to it. So Regina's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take advantage of what is clearly a resentment love triangle blooming between Rumpel, Zelina, and the Queen that I'm not privy to. I'm just assuming it's happening and I am correct. Guys, it's like a lot of information to get all at once. Because you get this whole, like, what, what Beth has just explained about this weird triangle. But, like, we're just fresh off the heels of Blue explaining the beacon for the tree that will light up and everyone will see. That mm-hmm. doesn't exactly come to fruition either, which I was super disappointed by. I, like, just a lot of insane information to gather in about 15 seconds. And <laughs> Yes! Uh, On top of the fact that Regina also just basically reveals like, yeah, Rumpel and I had the hots for each other, but we didn't do anything about it. But the evil queen probably is. And I'm just like, no. And everyone gets rightfully grossed out, as they should, because no one should hear that information. That shouldn't even exist in the world. Let's just throw that away in the garbage. And like we get a little taste of the resentment because like she comes walking in. And Zelina's like, hi, I've been home with the baby all day. Would have been nice for someone to be here. <laughs> She's like, oh, I was having so much fun. What were you two doing lazing around the house all day? I love their, like, bitter married couple relationship that they've got going on right now. I, I do, but I also, day. but I I hate that the thing that's causing a wedge is a man. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm trying to enjoy the the bickering, but like, okay, it, it's like if you think about the reasoning, it stops being fun again. So like, if I just <laughs> yeah, if I isolate this and put it in a vacuum, it's super funny. Um, and so like that's the little taste we get before we find out the the most awful thing that I think we've learned this entire show, Beth, and that is that Regina and the Queen, as mighty and beautiful as they are have the handwriting of a seventh grade girl in love. (laughs) That is some trapper keeper cursive. If I've ever seen it. Oh, someone was someone in the props department was trying so hard to look so refined, but you are right. 
This definitely felt like writing Mrs. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, or what would be a modern equivalent? Um, uh, I, boy. Li- Mrs. Li- Timothy Chalamet. Mrs. Timothy Chalamet. There's got to be, a, like, a younger, because I think he's also, like, he's a little bit older. Like, it's got to be, there's got to be young ones that we, we fully don't know. And it's fine that I don't know, because I just want to know that my brain, my old and dusty brain just went, is Justin Bieber still a thing? <laughs> so <laughs> I am, the amount of out of touch I am is far and away. And I, I feel like when it comes to, like, who teen girls are crushing on, I think it's 100% okay. And yeah. I would say even advised for us not to know who they are. It's because probably we are better grown for women. all of our mental health. Because you know, what yes. you, don't, you know what we don't need? One more person on ragging on what teenage girls are into. So you know what? You go teenage girls and you write in your Trapper Keepers. We just have to update. Take a calligraphy class. Because this whole note felt like, how would Regina look? Because we're putting this on the camera. Well, she'd probably write in some sort of stylized calligraphy. Okay, what would it be? And they came up with this? Mm, Nope. It was a choice. It was a choice. And it was also, I loved everything about all of this choice. Because Regina also wrote it on a piece of, like, notebook paper that still had the raw edges. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't have, like, I'm surprised it wasn't memo paper from her desk that she just scratched out from the desk of Regina Mills. Like, and that's how they caught her. And Wait like, a minute. She, she had the magic, she had the wherewithal to send it via giant crow raven of death, but I mean, didn't think to maybe put it on cardstock or like a letterhead stationery with uh, an envelope. You know, something a little more official. Yeah. And also like the queen has been like really heavy into poofing in and out of places. Wouldn't she just be like, poof, hey, meet me over at Gold's, poof, like... <laughs> <laughs> couldn't we have couldn't we have pretended to be the evil queen poofed and then poofed away again like mm, i don't know but it's it's all part of 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 regina's master plan to get to to divide to get a whole situation going because ew so zelina gets the note i'm just gonna say ew because i don't want to talk about it Zelina goes uh, to uh, to Gold Shop to meet the Evil Queen as she, she thinks she's supposed to, and and the Queen and Rumple are, um, they exist in the same building, so that's that's what they do. They um, exist. I know. And Zelina doesn't talk- like the way that they exist. I know that we just talked about being extremely out of touch, but if I had to guess, I would think that this is what the ick is. Like, everybody's been mm. trying to figure out, like, what's the ick? This is the ick. What Th- gives you the this ick? This is the ick. This whole scene. Like, all of it. Just general hand-waving at this whole scene. Yeah, Zelina walks in and she's like, I knew it. You're all a bunch of grossies. I hate this. And you're all monsters. And then oh, <laughs> Rumpel's Gen like. Gen Z, you're welcome. We found the baseline. We found it. We found uh, the ick factor. We found the it ick factor. It is Rumpel and Evil Queen making Rumpel out. It is and Evil Queen making out in gold shop while Zelina But not even just making them. up. There was like full on like neck kissing and like oh. just it was I did not like it. I it and it was also very out of character for once upon a time. We don't get these kind of makeout scenes in this show, so it just it felt out of place and I hated it. Listen, so once much. upon a time we wanted these hot makeout scenes, but not from these characters. Like Mm-mm. this is such a like, oh, is that what you want? You want a hot makeout scene? Okay. We'll give you one. And then they crack their knuckles and laugh maniacally. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well. no, see, like, 
Regina, evil queen. Yes, she can make out with anybody. I think it's more Rumple. We just don't want to see Rumple well, make out with anyone. It's also, it's also, and I mean, realistically, yes, it's it's that. We don't want to see Rumple. But at the same time, it's also just like the relationship that they have makes it super strange and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a different version of this in which Rumple is actively shutting it down. Like enjoying the limelight, like enjoying like the attention and being like sought after. But I think he would, I don't think he would be in my mind for everything that Rumpel is. He would not be okay with what's happening with uh, the evil queen right now. Like at all. He wouldn't be pursuing. He wouldn't let this keep happening. He'd let her keep pursuing him, but just in a non super hardcore makeout way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, he would he would tease her. He wouldn't be making out with her. He would be he would be enticing her yes. while just continually denying. He would be negging her like so hard. See, that would have been a very interesting thing cuz it's like again, and and you brought this up and sometimes I forget about it is that the Regina uh I keep saying Regina. The Evil Queen is just a piece of Regina. She's not a whole person and she's mm-hmm. also not the logical part of her. So, yeah, she's going to be like, I'm so mad a pony bowed at you. But, like, it does make sense that she would just be like, oh, well, this makes sense. Like, it's like that weird, you know, intrusive thought in the back of your brain of being like, well, what if, what if I had a crush on my teacher? It's not a good thought. It's not a thought we're supposed to see to its conclusion. So her trying to drive it forward would make a lot of sense. But, again, because he also plays into it, it makes it weird and awful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not the only ones who agree. Zelina also agrees, but for different reasons. Namely, she wants to get all smoochy smooshy with Rumble. I hate this and I want to die. Right, right. And it's, it's it's all the what's the what's the phrase? It's just like you got the right answer, but you did all the wrong work. Yeah, and it's like they they tr- like she gets starts getting green, like the green starts coming back. So she's jealous. And they in, try to kind of explain around it by indicating that Zelina's jealous that Regina's not spending time with her and not confiding in her. But the evil, ugly truth is, is that they've already well established Zelina being jealous of Rumple being with anyone else. Yeah. So you, you, you've set that precedent. You can't just rewrite it because it's inherently there she's jealous of seeing them make out we already know a reason for that to happen you can't just pretend that doesn't exist so now it's just like a weird love triangle that we are all just apparently supposed to be fine with not even a love triangle because now we've also brought bell into the fold but like to blow it up uh which by the way is my favorite part of the whole thing so but that's later that's later Oh, that that scene that scene is boss. I love it so much. That's the bell scene I've wanted. Like yes. that's that scene is the bell scene I've wanted to see. Um, where it's not just anger, hurt, betrayal, or you're good inside. It's more just like I'm so freaking sick of this. Yeah. Like I'm you do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm over it. Whatever. <laughs> just leave me alone. Okay. So anyway, while they're distracted. But not for very long, and not for long enough for them to actually enact the snow. No, they're distracted for like 15 <laughs> seconds. Like, yeah, it's so little. It does nothing. Honestly, honestly, had she done nothing, had she done nothing, had Regina done nothing, not like, Zelina would be at home 
with her baby mm-hmm. and Rumple mm-hmm. and Regina, or, I guess that's doing that. Rumple and the evil queen would be like making out plus it, there would be no one seeing a beacon of a tiny tree yeah. sapling. They could have just done what they needed to do. They actually made their lives harder. But the sapling is more of a metaphor. It's more of a symbol than anything. Well, there. So Snow, Charming, and the fairy are heading to the spot where the the be- beacon was, and um, and then Emma and Hook have been sent to <laughs> clean out the basement. Um, so. The- <laughs> And uh, really quick, just want to talk about this scene because Emma's getting her saber shakes again and um, Hook is there to give pep talks and show the book and give more pep talks, which normally I would groan and roll my eyes at. But I thought the scene was very well written and especially really well acted. I thought that um, Colin Donahue was just so playful in this scene and he was being like that himbo supportive boyfriend that we all love to see. Yeah, he wasn't being too serious about it because I think that's sometimes no. where we get it with um, with his character and a couple of the others where they're giving these like just very deep, very serious Oscar grab speeches that are just real super corny. Like, but this one wasn't that. This was a, hey, you don't need that. You just need someone to actually speak to you and I'm going to do it in this way. Um, I would also like to point out... I. I kept laughing every time Emma would be like, I have the savior shakes because it was always when she was asked to do something. And I was getting this image of her being like season one parks and rec, Chris Pratt, Andy Dwyer. It was like, uh, Hey babe, can you help me help me do this to the, uh, do the dishes? She cracks like a Bud Light. Can't babe. Savior shakes. Uh, I'll actually be more of a hindrance to you. So you got it. I believe in you. Like, she just gets out of every chore. Oh, mow the lawn. I can't, babe. Save your shakes. It's gone to both hands now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, it's as good as an excuse as any. Exactly. Like, I give her props for that. Um, yeah. So what we, we get her, you know, because Emma's also like a little bit confused. I, I think we're moving the goalposts on the image now because it's a everyone's well and fine, but I still die at the end. And she's like, they said that it would change. So now it's like, apparently the visions are evolving, I guess. Yeah. But the only thing that's constant is that she dies because that's, that's the only one we need for the narrative plot. Everything else can change. Um, which like, I never heard the Oracle say that. So I think they're just making that up out of their butts, but okay. Maybe it's also Emma just being like, nah, no, it's, it's, it's different. Everyone's real super fine. And everyone got won the lottery in my visions and you guys all live in really cool big houses. Um, I do still die though. Bad news. Can't get around that. <laughs> Bummer. Can you get me a beer, babe? Yeah. Can you get me a beer, babe? I've got saber shakes. Maybe I die because someone didn't get me a beer fast enough. Did anyone ever think about that? Anyone ever thinking about my Mm -hmm. needs? No. (laughs) (laughs) And then meanwhile, we've got Snow, Charming, and, um, and, and the fairy. They find the spot. It's right next to the river where Snow first found David. Um, when he had amnesia and a coma and did all that stuff. And they find a trap door to, I guess, the mines? The mines just sure. run through the, in- under the, through the entire town. Yeah. There's mines everywhere. And there's trap doors everywhere. So they go down and they explore a bit and they find 
just like a green stick in the ground. <laughs> it's such a bad prop, guys. I can't, we it's can't get around this. It's so bad. They did it in the dark because I think they painted it like fluorescent green. It was yeah. so bad. <laughs> and they they had they find the sapling. They both end up touching it because they're trying to pick it up at the same time. And they get a series of flashbacks to. Their entire love story, we see, I will find you, I'll always find you. You see them get married. You see them having, you know, Emma. You see everything. But then there's this other thing in there that it's strange for them because it's a memory each of them have had, but it wasn't with, it was by themselves. They were with someone else. Or was it? So let's travel back to the Enchanted Forest. And before we do... The one preface I want to give for this is while the age thing is noticeable, this did feel like a return to form Enchanted Forest flashback. Fully. I yeah. Other than like the really corny part that we're going to talk about because of the bad yeah. guy. Um, yes, it did feel like going back to that season one, this is mm-hmm. informing the plot uh, kind of thing. So we see Snow... Um, yeah, we see Snow. She's she's in her she's in her traveling. I love, by the way, Bandit Snow just being in a bunch of like in a big cloak, so that whenever she runs away, she looks like a ghost in a burlap sack. She, ah, I must go. Flap 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 flap. She's always just like visible. I feel like she's just like a like a flag in the wind. It's it's hard to miss her. Uh, she comes into this little village. And she hands a guy a thing, which, by the way, this this is how you can tell she's early in her days because she fully hands the guy the thing into his little greedy little mitt. And she's like, this would be great for your wife. Wouldn't it be nice on her? Do you, you don't know anything about this man. You, he, he, I was waiting for him <laughs> I was to be waiting, like, my wife was, died. Exactly. Me too. And he, she's like, wouldn't you like to buy that from me? And he's like, absolutely. I will give you three coppers. And she's like, sir, that is a family heirloom. It is worth hundreds of coppers and he goes cool um family heirloom you say i know a family that has heirlooms like this what'd you say your name was and she goes absolutely three coppers great and then escapes to the woods run 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 this is definitely pre-bandit snow because she's so bad at it so bad at it and everyone's very clearly still looking for her in a um bad way because I feel like yeah. when she first escaped, she was really a bandit before the tides turned and she was like a tiny folk hero. Um, anyway, she runs into the woods. She meets up with Blue, I guess. And it's a, this, they have this conversation where she's just like, I have to go. I've sold everything. And then has this really intense conversation about love. Mm-hmm. Um, that I have... St- I, I don't know. I feel like I have mixed feelings about it, but all in all, I, I liked it. I liked this. I like this better than the, the pony bowing uh, conversation. But she basically says, you know, because, like, you know, Blue's just like, no, you have love and the love of the people. It's going to be great. And she was like, no, love is terrible and awful. My father loved my mother, gave her this. She treasured it. Now she's dead. He then gave that to my stepmother, and she thinks it's trash and doesn't appreciate his love. And she's like, so love is nothing and awful and you can't pay for it. And love isn't valuable, but my heirlooms are valuable. Like, that is what I've learned. Because Snow is going through it and she's in a very, like, 
hard mm-hmm. portion of her life, which I get. The reason I have mixed feelings about it is because Blue, the adult, should just be like, hey, maybe let's reframe this and look at it in a different way. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not how love is supposed to be. Because all Blue really does say then is just like, when you're, when someone loves you, you're never truly alone. Which doesn't answer the um, bitter answer of Snow's speech. No, it doesn't. Blue Blue does nothing to help. Nope. Um, and even when she becomes... Is this the first episode where Blue becomes giant in costume? I genuinely don't remember. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I think it is. I think it might be because I think it was just a, let's just make her big. Because then she's just big for the rest of the episode. She's not like only big like... Um, you know what it reminds me of? And I don't know if I've made this joke before, but it does remind me of in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when there's a monster and then the monster (laughs) needs to beat the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers so it becomes bigger inexplicably like all of them do it. It's like they, they all do because we need Morphin time. Mighty Morphin, we gotta get Pterodactyl. The, the Zords have to come together and form an anthropomorphic man and punch him and have a sword. So... So so they're having this conversation, but then then a uh, an axe rar someone's trying to attack him because Snow's like we have to leave because uh, that guy definitely ratted somebody out or ratted me out to somebody and they're gonna come find me. So then there's this like bad hand to hand combat scene where Blue gets big and then they're like running around it again. Snow is early days. I'm not faulting her on this one. So she's just like, oh, oh, I don't know what to do. She's falling all over the place and then like gets away. But she does make mm-hmm. a random comment about like, I don't think it is the, what does she call him? The wood chopper? Not wood, the wood, wood cutter. The wood cutter. It's not the wood cutter. The man that like slays werewolf. I, I genuinely. No, she, no, she thinks it's the wood cutter. She says oh. he, he's a bounty hunter that is, is known for slaying werewolves. The Which wood I, cutter, you I know, think he is the, the wood cutter. cutter. I think he is the wood he cutter is. because he does. Yeah. yeah. Cause her little like, um, hanky thing, uh, gets like stuck to the tree. Okay. So cool. All while this is happening, she's like, I have enough money. I'm going to escape. I'm leaving. Cool. So she's on the run. Off, she's leaving. She does. She has to get off the shores or off of Regina's property. Meanwhile, David is just like, "Hey, me and this adorable dog no one's ever seen before um, looked out. We couldn't find the sheep. It definitely died. I'm super sorry." And she's like, "Okay, David, go to town, sell the farm. It's what has to be done." He's like, "Okay." So he oh no! And- Someone's about to come back with some magic beans. Oh, right? Don't I sold Wilby for three magic beans? <laughs> we have Wilby. I just like to point out that this was the first episode I decided to just like sit down and like watch on my big screen. I usually watch these like on my phone while I cook. I I mm-hmm. fully sat down for this episode, put it on my big screen. Of course, it's the episode with the dog because guess what? My <laughs> dog does bark at every dog on television. <laughs> So, so if I get some dialogue wrong, it's because my dog was roaring at the television. <laughs> so they go out and um, we we find out that Wilby, adorable little dog, is the greatest tracker anyone's ever met. So much so that apparently it's a liability to be on the open road with him. Uh, Wilby finds a cup and then takes it back to this like um, to a cart. 
And the guy's like, hey, man, that's my cup and my cart. What are you doing? He's like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. We found this cup and my dog led you here. My dog is so super great. He's won like so many gold medals because he's so cool and rich and um, very expensive and well-bred and great. I have papers for him on my persons. <laughs> Isn't he a wonderful <laughs> dog? Please don't steal him. And guy's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy we met. I'm headed to the same place you're heading. Do you want to travel together? Charm was like, absolutely. I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. Let's go. And then we get an ominous view of, like, the gross, weird back of the wood choppers or the woodcutters back of his wagon. It, it looks like I a mean, mo- I'm, I'm going to give the woodcutter some pre- some some credit. This was a good ruse. Oh, he no, did a good yeah. job. This totally, like, made sense. And I'm going to also throw something else in there. Okay. <laughs> I know why they needed to give him the mask. Because we needed the fake out. Yes. But the mask, he looked, he was so much scarier without it. <laughs> he that was, mask was so stupid. It was stupid. And he takes it off immediately once he meets Snow. But at the same time, like, uh, like I, you know he's bad. Like, you almost don't get the fake out at all because it's so, like... I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like now we've all listened to enough true crime. We can get Ted Bundy vibes from a mile away. Girl, his, yeah. his tire ain't flat. You keep driving. <laughs> you just keep on driving. <laughs> um, and so they're out traveling. And then, like, the next scene, so, or Charming's walking with him. And he's just like, man, we took a break, like, super early. And he's like, yeah, man, my, my horse is really old, so I have to take a lot of breaks. But anyway, we're you're going to need to stretch your legs and drink a bunch of this water because after this, no breaks. Okay. So that's different than the thing you literally just said. But I'm not going to hear like that. I feel like Yeah, he, he clocks none of that. He clocks absolutely zero of this and t- drinks deep from the uh, the skin of, of water, the s- whatever you call it. Um, but like, hey, Charming, don't drink from things from strangers that you don't see other people drink from. Just a friendly note. Uh, because he then immediately hits the ground. And the guy, like, taunts him as he goes down. Like, oh, you shouldn't drink things from strangers. Anyway, uh, like, looks at the dog. And he was like, hey, we're going to play a fun game while he's sleeping. I- it was so ominous. I didn't know what he meant. And I thought he was going <laughs> to kill Charming. I thought it was, we're going to play a super fun game called Let's Dismember Your Owner. <laughs> <laughs> i've been curious about playing uh the world's greatest game yeah <laughs> the greatest prey humans man <laughs> man we will hunt them and so so uh charming comes to everyone's gone he's like hello my puppy will be oh my god i'm gone um but Wilby has tracked down Snow. I don't. I like that Wilby is so just neutral that like he's like, yeah, I'll track her. Sees everything going on, and is just like, this is fine. No protective instincts. <laughs> he's like, yep, I found her. No. There she is. Oh, you're gonna handcuff her and throw her in the back of that thing? Absolutely tracked. Do you have, um, like a pepperoni or something that I could eat? Because I'm very food motivated. <laughs> Some biscuits. Do you have a biscuit? Can we like, oh, while we take her in for our, um, for the reward, if we can stop at a Starbies so I can get a pup cup, that would be absolutely perfect. They are free. (laughs) Those girls love me at Starbucks. Uh, and so anyway, so Charming finds, finds the cart and he's like trying to free Snow 
and he is doing the worst job with this Mm -hmm. rock on a lock situation and can't get it and the guy comes the the wood cutter shows up and is like trying to kill charming it doesn't work we blow a hole in this in the back just like a small hole a hand sized hole in the back of the cart and together snow's hand and one um good shout saves charming's life and we we kill the we kill the woodcutter and that's the last we'll ever hear from that guy that age-old villain we've always heard about the woodcutter you know the famous woodcutter that was undone by a woman in a cage and a farmer tale that we've been hearing about for six seasons now finally who downed werewolves and yet was undone by a farmer and a princess in a cage yeah like an out of sorts farmer and a bewildered princess who has no fighting capability yet yeah yeah yeah. that's about right I gotta feel like the woodcutter like made ru- made up rumors about himself to like try and drum up good publicity. Yeah, because he's so bad at his job. Because literally every single time he he throws his axe, he misses. Oh no, fully. That's why he wears the mask. And then he does that thing. He he does that thing that Kylo Ren undercover boss thing from SNL. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear the woodcutter? I heard he's shredded. I heard he's got an eight pack. <laughs> You guys hear about the woodcutter? I heard he killed five werewolves with his bare hands. He just uses the axes because yeah. they're so cool. They yeah. Should, yeah, it's like the cool. He's like the coolest guy. Guys. And he's, like you should totally check out his Insta. He's so handsome and cool and charming, but like also super deadly and scary. Like, yeah, yeah. You guys should hire him. Like, I don't know who he is, but like, if I did, that'd be awesome. Because he sounds totally so cool. Yeah. And then he like he walks around the corner and he puts his helmet on. He comes back, I'm the woodcutter. <laughs> you might have heard about me I'm five so- minutes ago. I Wait, heard what, someone was trying to follow me on Insta. Would you like my handle? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that the, the famous, famous woodcutter is dead... Uh, David goes to free Snow, uh, free this woman from, uh, from the cage. And she's like, she's like, no, you cannot look upon me. Give me the key. I'll free myself later. I thought this was stupid. He could just unlock it and then just go. That's what I she thought could too. Just... <laughs> because like, her what if she can't, what if she can't reach it? This. Her hand is fully in the wrong spot for this. She cannot get out. What? Yeah. She's going to die in there. Also him trying to like break the lock. He's trying to use a rock to break the lock open at first. All I could think was throw the rock through the wood. <laughs> like it's so much easier, but whatever. It doesn't matter. But then they have this like nice, I-, I like the way that this was shot because then it's like them both leaning up against a door mm-hmm. um, and having this kind of like heart to heart because this is before they've met. They don't know anything about each other. And Snow's like, you saved me. I'm going to give you my, my, uh, my bug out money. And he's like, no, 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 I couldn't do that. She's like, no, absolutely. You can't sell your farm. You saved me. You're wonderful. And you need to feed that adorable dog and stop by Starbucks on your way through. Get yourself a little sweet treat for saving me. Thank you so much. And she's like, yeah, because there's like this super shitty king who travels in my area. I'll just rob him, which is our um, foreshadowing for what's about to happen to Charming in several episodes. Um Yeah. Which is, or not several episodes, but like in a few weeks, years time for him. 
And so they never look at each other and Snow says the line, which Blue said to her um, (laughs) oddly before, she uses it correctly this time. And she says, no, because you believe in me, I'm never really alone. And Charmy's like, that means something to me too for some reason. Thank you, lady. (laughs) And they both go off being better people. She, I'm sorry, she, she reaches out with her money, with her dainty hand. I love her little princess hand um, because it's like, I, I just was trying to, like, imagine if I was doing this, how weird and clumsy I'd be about it. I'd have all the money in my grubby little raccoon paw, and I'd just, like, stick it out, and I'd be holding it up, um, just like a fist, and just, like, drop it, but it would all <laughs> spill everywhere. Like, she holds it out. She's got her wrist flexed, and she's got her little fingers pointed down. Like, it's just such a dainty princess hold for the oh, yeah. amount of cash. Not cash, but the amount of coin she is clearly holding. It's amazing love this gives him the money their hands lightly touch i mean this is some pride and prejudice level like hand skimming and then just when you're like oh my god that's so sweet and adorable you get the cgi um tree seed that is now falling and it falls to the ground in the middle of the road to form a tree yay so remember when earlier on in our, our conversation, uh-huh. I talked that I was going to address this. Okay. This is where I'm going to address it. Perfect. So when they find the sapling in the cave underground, okay, it is like a little wand-sized thing. Uh-huh. It's the same size as the one that they create in with the spark of true love. Huh. It's a tree. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't it have grown? <laughs> So, like, here's the deal. Okay, and I'm here. I hear you. It's, I it's you. years. It's years. It's years what? before it ends up underground. Like, it should have yes. gotten bigger. I would understand if it was stunted from being in the cave. So, like, we don't have the 30 years, but we definitely have a decent amount of time from when they first do that to the curse. Like yeah. a lot happens like that. Also, it's like in the middle of a clearing, it would have definitely been run over or trampled <laughs> or eaten or something. Uh, but anyway, yes, you're correct. Like all of this is wrong. Like why wouldn't it grow? And even in harsh conditions, shouldn't a, tr- a tree that is formed by the spark of true love grow in harsh conditions? Wouldn't that be the metaphor for it? Yeah. Being like, it grows no matter what because true love thrives even in darkness. Exactly. Actually, their love is stunted from that very moment. (laughs) From here until eternity. Um, I mean, that would kind of track. Listen, listen, I know that and you know that, but that seems kind of cynical on the part of the writers. (laughs) But so, yeah, that's how our tree gets formed. So smash cut to the cave. We found it. Yes, and they both... And they both realized that they that they had met before they officially met, and it was this encounter. And I thought this was really sweet. And and you know, again, props to Jane Espenson, props to the show, because not only was this a good season one style backstory, but I felt like you know, for for a pretty big ask, they're asking us to believe that Snow and Charming met before Snow and Charming met. I think they did a good job. Like this tracked, it made sense logically. Uh, it made sense for their characters. And 
it kind of was nice to think of the fact that the first time they met, they had this sweet connection before circumstance of, you know, bandit versus prince got in the way. Yeah. And the fact that they learned this, you know, several curses to a one marriage and two children later is also very sweet because yeah you know they've been together for so long they 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 know that their story is a certain thing but to add this very sweet thing to the very very beginning of it is just just like it's it's the kind of story that someone would tell to you at like a party like how did you two met oh my god we always thought it was because of this but actually we met before that you're just like i am going to vomit like that is the sappiest thing I've ever heard I'm so disgusted by how in love you two are and how jealous I like you just start turning green just like aren't you married and in love yes but that's insane that's an insane story you just told me and why is my not life not a super romance oh my god birds are landing on her now we have to go honey get my coat <laughs> what is this party and who are these people um yeah so they but but yeah Regina shows up and she's like haha you found the tree actually Listen, so you had a question about the tree. Here's my question, okay? Regina still has her magic, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 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 so Evil Queen shows up and she's like, oh, did you find the tree? Poof. And she poofs it into her own hands. Mm-hmm. Regina proceeds to do absolutely zero. She does nothing. For the rest of the episode, by the way. Uh, couldn't she just poof it back? Couldn't we just be in a poofing war? Just poof, poof, poof. Until Zelina steals it and poofs away. Like, I, why didn't you? Yeah. I, anyway, that was my biggest question. Like, Regina, come on, girl, you have to step up. This is your evil side. Or I feel Please. like the first thing she could have, Regina could have done is like, was there a spell she could enact? Like that, you know, like the one she did to protect Snow's heart, where yeah. it like protects the wand. Like, maybe make it poof proof. Yeah, just like be like, if hey, you- let's use this immediately. Like, let's stop standing around yeah. reminiscing. And so then. <sighs> The evil queen destroys the tree. So we've set up the tree. We've destroyed the tree. The tree is dead. Uh, it, long live the tree. In span of like two seconds. It's just gone. It's actually hysterical how fast it goes away. Like genuinely funny. Because it's just like, we've set up this beautiful moment. Boom. It's gone. It's dust now. We're never going to talk about this ever again. Poofed away and we've moved on. It's just... Yeah, but but think about it this way. They didn't need it because it well, it did its job because it showed them their love story and love will conquer anything and now they have emotional it was the emotional support tree tree sapling. Shitty end to the really sweet story. Oh, and then we realized that we'd we'd met earlier and that it was just because of that tree. Oh my god, where is that tree? Is it in your backyard? Oh no, it got snapped in half and turned into dirt about fifteen seconds later. Oh, <laughs> Okay, cool. Do you want some punch? Uh, I guess I'm headed over there. So they're like, okay, they have a new plan. Like, I think Snow in that moment just realizes something, and they decide they're going to, like, face the evil queen. Well, they decide that, you know, they're, they're going to sacrifice themselves, that, you know, they have to do the right thing for the people of the town and that their love can can overcome anything. And so, you know, uh, Regina, the evil queen, gathers an entire crowd at the cemetery and she makes a whole speech of gather around here, y'all. I'm about to do my thing that I've been wanting to do. Bear witness. Side note, this 
episode was stacked with extras. Yes, it <laughs> like, was. Like, we actually had, we had people walking down the street in Storybrooke. That is rare. So much so, Charming had to get out of the way and actually physically direct one out of his path. I'm not sure they were extras and not just people in their way. Because <laughs> it seems so strangely blocked. Josh Dallas is like, get the fuck out of my way. Who are these people? I'm shooting a scene. What's going on? Get out. Hello? I'm acting here. Uh, but yeah, no, this, I loved. And also, like, you can just think about it. Like, look at the cemetery and how many people there are. You're just like, that can't be the whole town. No, that's the whole town. That's it's just it. Where are the kids? Don't ask questions. Um, and, and half of them were in, like, very weird cosplay from, like, the Halloween store. And here's my favorite. The, the vibe I got, by the way, was Tony Stark's funeral. <laughs> because <laughs> they're all standing, like, six to seven feet apart. No one's moving. No one's talking. Except for Zelina, who shows up to kick a hornet's nest. And you gotta love it for her. God bless her. Like, God bless this her. is, this is Zelina... This is Zelina in her truest form. This is Zelina, the Pilates instructor, or, or sorry, the spin cycle instructor that we know and love from season seven. She's like, I'm pissed. I'm going to stir some shit and then I'm going to bounce. Zelina, so, yeah, so is, she, yeah. no, Zelina is exhausted from watching a, a child all day, every day. She got ready <laughs> and she is pushing the green skin as far into her body as she can. So it's not showing with every bit of her energy, she uses it to just to to just spill the tea everywhere. And she's like, huh. It's weird that she's here. Not with Rumple. Making kissy face. Hmm. Interesting. Gotta go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then then she bounces and Snow and Snow and Charming show up. They ask Regina to lift the protection spell and they put their hearts in the evil queen's hands. And the evil queen is delighted. She's like, I've wanted this for so long. This is everything I ever wanted. But for plot reasons, I'm not actually going to kill you, even though I could. And it would be very easy. And it would be the thing I want to do. But um, we still have a show to run. And we still have to pay these actors. So instead, we're going to do this ominous like black whoosh on the hearts. And then we're going to put them back in. And then, oh, no, one of them falls asleep. Oh, no. I and then she gets whooshed away. I'd like to point out that my, my like, internet, like, lagged when she grabbed the hearts and pulled them. And it took it, like, right until she shoved them back in for it to gather itself back together. So I'm like, oh, my God. Even Disney is flipping out about this. Oh, she's got the hearts. Emma's upset. Regina's upset. My app is upset. Um... But, like, no one moves. This is the other part. Like, everyone just stands there. And I was like, Mom? Dad? What's going on? So strange. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of what they asked them to do. Like, Snow and Charming, you know, they asked everybody to essentially respect their wishes. So Snow gets whooshed away, and Charming is tasked with finding her. And his first place to check. She's like, you're never going to find her. I've hidden her in a place. You'll never find her. You'll never find this woman. You'll never see her again in the rest of your life. The first place he checks. The literal first place he checks. Her bed. I'm going to go. I know where she's been whooshed to. I'll never see her again. Like, hell, I won't. She's in bed. I know it. No, man. What the hell? So, no, she is actually in her coffin. 
her glass coffin from the first episode of the series. And they have the music playing, the swell happens, and they're like, I'm going to kiss her. I don't know if it's going to do anything, but I've got to try, damn it. He kisses her. There's the curse. So... Okay. Why yeah. is there uh-huh. a curse whoosh uh-huh. if they're still cursed? So I I rewound it and I tried to watch it again and I, I feel like I still don't have a right answer on it, but I don't know if I guess it is the whoosh in the actual forest because they keep cutting so quickly between one and the other. I was hoping that we were just seeing the first whoosh, but it wasn't. Um, I'd also like to point out that uh, uh, Charming uh, single-handedly removed the top part of her coffin. <laughs> like one hand he's just like i got this it's a big eh. giant one i got it josh jealous is the strongest man alive um and she wakes up she's like oh my god i did it uh bad news <laughs> because charming immediately hits the dirt yeah so i'm gonna um actually myself and okay. apologize to myself because uh, it does make sense for it to for the whoosh to happen because essentially he is giving her true love's kiss but as evil queen explains they have a shared heart so the oh. they're essentially splitting the curse. So essentially they're 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 cursing and curing themselves over and over and over again. It's that's my I, I immediately texted you once he hit the dirt because it all broke open in my brain again and I was like I forgot <laughs> about this curse. Yeah. This is my favorite curse of all time. It's hysterical because the way that they play it out for the rest of the season, like they're like painting notes to each other's shirts. Like I love this curse so much. <laughs> so stupid i mean it it's 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 hard but you know sometimes you just want some alone time i listen, mean listen like you're i feel re- like this wouldn't be like a totally bad thing no and you know what it's it's great because it's like sometimes you just get a little bit of alone time i mean you're gonna miss mm-hmm. them obviously but for the most yeah. part like this is just because oh god they don't have time to themselves they no. just are always together but never with their baby because the baby's with granny at this point he's like don't worry Neil is with Granny. Like, he's having a great time. I'm like, why isn't he with you? What's happening? Uh, anyway. Anyway, so yes, we have a we, we have now a new curse has entered the game. It is the awake husband, asleep wife, awake wife, asleep husband curse. Also known as the actors want a little more off time. So we're going to figure out a way to do a little bit of a 50-50. Been funny to be like, Snow and Charming are going to Boston for a while. They'll be back. Don't worry about it. I mean, as far as like, like we talked about this already. As far as like ex- excuses to for an actor to take some yeah. time off, this one ranks very low on the list. This is not an issue. No. Um, I, my personal favorites, I think, in the ironic sense, are the like, and I'm glad we don't really do this much anymore. But when they're trying to hide actresses' pregnancies. Like, I mean, they still do do it. They just, A, do a lot better of a job because I, I am happy that it's a, we have to, we hide it because, like, there's a whole thing. Like, I, I believe they cite it all the time, but, like, Married with Children, uh, she was like, I'm pregnant. They built it into the show. It was this beautiful thing. And then she, like, had this real tragic thing happen. So then, like, when she got pregnant again, no one talked about it. It's just different. We're going to carry stuff in front of it. And that, like, set the pace for the rest of modern television. Because it's like, mm. they don't have to announce it if they don't want to, because they, you know, and that's great. That's perfect. Have your private life be your private life. If you want to build it into 
the show, you can. I know in How I Met Your Mother, they did one quick shot with Lily being like the hot dog eating champion and stood up and she's five months pregnant. And she's like, look at my belly. And then that's all they ever did with it. And then I think when she was actually pregnant, she was never actually pregnant, like in the show. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. But I do like watching giant popcorn bowls. I love watching the giant things that they put in front of them. Or with in Snow White's case, just larger coats. <laughs> just so many coats with shoulder pads so and buttons and all the way so up and many all the way jackets. down. Um, but yeah, like I like, you know, like I, I'm just trying to think. There's there's so many instances where they have to build that stuff into the show. And it's like, I like, I, I it's on theme. It doesn't seem out of sorts. It just seems like the way that they built it into the episode, you can tell it was written specially for this and wasn't part yeah. of the season up until that point. Like, Jane, you have to come no. in here, write something tragic, make this happen. Got it. Opens up her pen and notebook. Let's go. And, I mean, I think she did a good job. She did I a think great she, job. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's a challenge to do these kind of things. And I think that they gave a good, you know, not great, but they gave a, a, a fine narrative explanation. Yes. Uh, speaking of good narrative explorations, I want to talk about the final scene. Because uh, this brought me life, even though in hindsight, I know it won't bring me life because I know she's going to end up with him in the end. Uh, but this scene was so great. I love <laughs> like this Belle scene. Just comes, she, she, Belle just comes in and she has fucking had it. Rumpel's there looking at the baby picture and he's like, thank you for bringing this to me. I'm so happy. And she's like, hey, so... Um, uh, yeah, I heard about the whole makey-outies with the evil queen. And then he has the gall to say, like, you know, you don't mean, it didn't mean anything. No! Okay. I Monster, I don't care! I just love <laughs> how easily and unironically we're using phrases, oh, I don't concern myself with the things that my husband does or doesn't do. And it's just like, she's so disconnected, but he's still her husband. Like, she doesn't, yeah. like, she's never at any point downshifted to calling him an ex-husband. She's just like, I don't concern myself with the business of my husband or who and who, who or he, who he's making out with or not. It's such a funny thing to hear her say so seriously. But yeah. And she, and she, yeah, so she says she doesn't, she doesn't give a shit if he's banging the evil queen. He's like, you can do, she's like, you can do what you want. What I do care about are those shears. And uh, that you're going to uh, cut my son off from his destiny? Uh, no, I forbid it. Don't you fucking dare. And that he just like turns into like coward mode again. And he does like, it feels weaponized. And she Fully. calls it out. Like yep. she's like, she's like, no, you don't get to do that. Like you keep doing this whole stupid act where, you know, you're you're like afraid of consequences or anything. Just like, no, just be a good person, like be a better person. I've had it. Goodbye. She turns around and storms out the door. And it's just so good. I I love the whole thing because he does. And you're right. It is weaponized because he starts to say because she's like, hey, are you going to try to use these shears on my son? Like the moment you get a chance, because what's that about? She gives him the space to start giving an answer. And the moment she starts hearing the answer, she shuts it down. Because he's like, you don't understand. The things that I do. And she goes, no, 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 no. See, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> that's a terrible answer. I don't care what you think you should do. You can't force your child to love you. Especially when you do this to them. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, hey, son, you've been cut off from your destiny. Which, by the way, 
is still such a wild thing to like be like, no, I'm going to do this so that they won't. It's like, what if his destiny was to cure cancer, you jackass? Like, okay, you have a weird stilted relationship with your son. He's got a Nobel Prize. Go to hell. Actually go to hell. Go get yourself some more water and then we'll like board up the door so you can't come back. Even though dark ones can apparently walk to and from the underworld by themselves for unexplained <laughs> reasons. That it's fine. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this scene rules. And once and once Belle leaves, you know, Rumple does, you know, this the the smart logical thing. He you know, he looks internally. He examines yeah. his choices. No, I'm just kidding. He blames Zelina and is now going to probably try and kill her. Yay, growth. We love a personal journey. I love that I love that Rumple has changed so much from the first season. He's um, grown so because much. she also she does she does a really good read on him where she's like, "Listen, I I don't care what like the evil queen does because that's what she is." And she's pure evil. And that's what I would expect from her. It's like, you have the capability of being a good man. You choose not to be. So it's more of a, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed conversation. Which Rumble is super not down with. He's like, no, I I hate this. You should be yelling. Yell at me. Tell me I'm scum. Like, I don't like this. I hate this. It makes my skin itch. Um, But yeah, go Belle. Because her hair also looks super cute. The whole time I'm like, I want to. wish if I tried to braid my hair like that, it would look like that. But it wouldn't at all. <laughs> it requires a lot of extensions. It, a lot of extensions, like a certain texture of hair. And it's just a, I have very, like, I have very fine hair. So, like, when I try to, like, do that thing, like, when you braid your hair, you're supposed to, like, pull on, like, the, the plaits. And it makes it a little bit bigger. That does not give the fun, magical, look at all the hair I have effect that I I. I can't do that. I start doing it. It just pulls it apart. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. But, uh, well, yeah. everybody, that was season six, episode seven. They love each other so much, but they could not come together. A.K.A. Heartless. A.K.A. A.K.A. In French, la pousse magique, which means the magical shoot. The I'm sorry. The magical shoot? Like, like a shoot, like a like like a laundry shoot. That's no uh, s h o o t. It's oh. it's a it's a name for like a small plant, like a little sapling. Oh, I got I got you, I got you. Okay, the magical Ooh. shoot, the magical le pousse magique, magique shoot. Look at it, it's so shoot. tiny, it's so beautiful, <laughs> it's so be- très petit. Oh my, oh my, my, my well, sorry, I can't think of how to uh, ex- exclaim in French. <laughs> Mon bien, my tree. Mon dieu, mon dieu. Mon dieu. <laughs> Or if you want to do the bad one, you go mailed. I mean, Mailed. Shit. I I do that a lot um, uh, because I hate watch Emily in Paris, and so sometimes when they do stuff like that, I will just shout French words. Merda. <laughs> You'd have to a lot with that show. <laughs> well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those yummy, yummy podcasts. You can join our Facebook group for great conversations at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can become one of our patrons if you would like. We are at patreon.com slash OUA timing. We want to thank our patrons for your continued love and support. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Lindsay Halleck. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And again, if you want to join our family, become a swan queen, a dearie, uh, shoot, what's the, oh, our, uh, sure. Baby dragons. Oh my God. 
Baby dragons. <laughs> yes. My baby dragons. My babies. My babies. My babies. Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> got the tro- snow and charming effect. You forgot about the babies. I forgot about the babies. <laughs> That's at patreon.com slash timing. And we'll be back next week with season six, episode eight. I'll be your mirror. And Abby, I'll be your mirror. And I'll see you next week. Well, I hope I can see you as well next week. That was ominous. Ominous. <laughs> was because I can't see you right now. I guess that doesn't make sense to everybody else. I'm so sorry. I'm. <laughs> it's guys. It's literal. It's not metaphorical. Very. We threatening. will be here next Very week. We see you then. No, no, no. Not threatening. I will see. I will see everyone next week. It's fine. Everyone, calm down. Bye. Bye. <laughs>